right, what is up, you guys? And welcome to or back to the 27th podcast. And today I have one of my friends on, Sam Garrett, and he's a college student and a graphic designer. We kind of all just had a discussion about art, what graphic design is like, and everything in between, and how deep art really is, you know? Um, um, so, yeah. Well. Do we have any updates? I'm just going to throw this out there. Shameless self-plug, but it's not really... It's not even for myself because, like, I, this is like my me using what I have to amplify others. But I just want to throw out there if there are any dancers um, of color that listen to this podcast that somehow missed it on my Instagram or something like that. Um, I am currently also in New York, um, which is maybe nobody that listens, but I'm just gonna. If you know anyone, um. I am doing a project, currently a photography project, in the New York area um, that just highlights dancers of color and shares their stories. So if you are a dancer of color, know a dancer of color in the New York, New Jersey, whatever area, um, send them my way. Uh, You can DM me or you can just send a DM to our Instagram at 20.something.podcast and I'll message you from there um yeah that's kind of my update I just started working on that um this week and I've already got some people lined up um but the more the merrier so I don't really think I have any updates (gasps) other than I'm gonna have my website up soon and I'm gonna be selling some stuff hopefully once I find a printer so I expect some prints I will um, we will announce that specifically um prints that maybe I will um I don't know just prints that are are personal (laughs) and meaningful I want them for my apartment (laughs) okay well honestly send me like (gasps) dude I kind of what you want I can make some I can do a commission for you (laughs) yeah oh and like Shoot, oh yeah like podcast oh like, i need to make that yeah i know because i can honestly just like yeah. make that because i then, have the illustrations yeah, like of, a, yeah. a new york or oh, memphis yeah. print i don't know whatever <laughs> what i think i think you showed me i it have a memphis cute. print Guys, that's really memphis cute and you're looking for cute decorations her memphis print is really good so that's all i'm saying I will oh plug gosh, others please. too. You see, okay. I can self plug and <laughs> non self plug. I don't know. Let's just hop on in. Okay, Garrett, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you do? Where are you from? Okay, so I'm a graphic design major. Um, I, I mean, our professor would like to argue that it's not a major, anyways, besides the point. Graphic design. Um, I'm from Maryville, Tennessee, which is right near Knoxville, um, and I'm a swimmer and designer here at school. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 21. I just turned 21. Oh my god. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you always wanted to do art? Yeah, so it was funny. When you sent me these questions, um, I was thinking about, like, Like, I always have wanted to do art. Mm -hmm. And so back when I was in kindergarten, um, we would go to, like, like church service. Mm -hmm. And I would, like, 
I would always draw people yeah. sitting in the service. And then also in kindergarten, um, my teacher asked me to draw a dinosaur. And so yeah, ones with the long necks. Uh, like, uh, you know, like Littlefoot from Land Before Time. Yeah, 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 yeah I can't yeah, remember yeah. what they're called, but yes. The thing off the, the good that dinosaur. Only eat grass. Yeah. Sit, or like the tall trees. Yeah. So yeah, I drew so one of those, right <laughs> <laughs> but um, I drew one of those and it actually looked like the dinosaur. <laughs> and so then my kindergarten teacher asked me to draw the White House and I drew it like perfectly, <laughs> like as best on. as like a like kindergartner, like six year old could do. But... There's actually a prodigy. That, yeah, that's, so, so basically, I'm a prodigy, that's all. Yeah. Not trying to hype myself up, but you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> and from then on, it was just... And then on, yeah. I just, I was kind of like in and out of it through middle school and then high school kind of like reconnected. For a while there, I thought I wanted to be a dentist. Glad that oh, didn't gosh. work out. Oh, that's um, a sharp turn. Yeah. But, you know, back to my roots now, so we're good. But how did you get into graphic design? Because that hasn't always been a popular, like, art field to go in. Like, a lot of people don't really yeah. know a lot about it. So, um, in high school, when I was kind of, like, I guess, like, developing my, like, style of drawing and painting, um, it was very graphic, and it still is. And by that, I mean, you know, it was, like, bold colors like they're like principles of design or whatever mm -hmm. and then there's like elements of art yeah. and like my artwork always followed the principles of design more than the elements of art mm -hmm. and so you know I I'm really like I always focus on using like line work really heavily and you know contrast and like these um prospects of graphic design and I was doing that in my drawings mm -hmm. like even if yeah. I am just using a pencil like I'm making sure that all those things go into my artwork and so when it came time for college I was asking a um, teacher in high school I was like I don't know what I should do I don't know if I should do illustration or if I should do graphic design and she was like she was like you should do graphic design because like that's like naturally like what comes to you when you're creating something mm -hmm. and so then I kind of like took that advice and kind of listened to her and um then it just kind of ended up yeah. unfolding that mm -hmm. way yeah that's really interesting because I feel like at least for me like I graphic design was even on my writer but right what <laughs> <laughs> radar and like my dad does graphic design work and I knew what it was, but I was like, I, f I always felt like it wasn't as artistic as like being a drawing and painting major. And like, now that I'm in it, I'm like, this is so much better <laughs> because you can get away with, like, you can bend all like the rules and technicalities because mm -hmm. in drawing and painting, like a lot of the times there has to be a reason why something is there. And yeah. like we always talk about in graphic design, how something is there just for the sake of it looking good. And you can't always get away with that in other forms of art. So yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, That's super interesting, like, from the dancer side of things. And then also, like, as somebody 
who I, I do like sketch art and like I I've never been like good at graphic art like <laughs> that's never been something that I like I used to get so bothered in my art class because I had like friends who would just doodle and like come up with really cool looking things that just like they fit into like the graphic design art aspect and like I just I would get so annoyed because I couldn't doodle like I I didn't know how to doodle and like all of the art that I did was very much like I did like sketch portraits and stuff and that's like all like that's like it and so like hearing that like I I don't know much about that and so that's really cool hearing that because in dance and in the whole like whatever world that that is you have to you have to kind of have you do like they there are like different styles and like certain styles there's like there is that like weird like you have to have a reason that this goes here and this person leaves the stage there and then there's other styles of dance where they're like oh it doesn't matter you can put it wherever you want because that's what Mm -hmm. you like and that's where it goes you know yeah so that's like cool hearing that that is in other forms of art too yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like the thing is is like one thing that kind of like being older and like getting into art as like a career and you know and just in general as like a passion of mine like you I think that learning my discipline so like graphic design and drawing and painting that's like my niche but Mm -hmm. like when you start to like delve into it and like research it and try to like improve yourself and make yourself better in your own craft you start to like appreciate like the other arts more. Yeah. So like, you know, like everybody makes fun of like theater kids and like you know, like whatever. <laughs> like it sounds funny, but like, but like genuinely, that is a craft and it mm-hmm. is a very delicate and like meticulous craft. Oh yeah. And like I have I'm not saying I'm like going and like watching recordings of like Hamilton on my computer at home, but like (laughs) it gives me like an appreciation for like all the hard work and all the effort and all the um, like the message that's being conveyed in these like other works like dance and theater and um, like whatever else, like it just kind of makes you take a step back and appreciate that more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. How do you think, being an artist has shaped you as a human and and if that doesn't make sense I can explain the question more but we'll just start there (laughs) like the same sort of thing I think it just made me appreciate like um like the the time and effort it takes to like be creative and like both of you guys I'm sure well I I mean i know for a fact that like being creative like whether it's dance tiana or you graphic design mary hannah um like it can be absolutely draining like 100 percent tiana yours is more like physically draining than like Mm -hmm. ours is um because you know like we sit at a desk on our (laughs) laptops but like you're in the studio dancing um whatever and like it just honestly again cracking down and like kind of like finding my passion in art and then like 
giving myself like surrendering myself to like perfect it to my best ability Mm. has made me like appreciate other crafts like I mean even like business majors like I look Mm. at them and I'm like you guys like have given yourselves to like learn about like business management and stuff like that and I'm like that's insane like it takes so much time to like master that and get good at it and then you go out and you're you're like what's the term like given to the wolves I don't know yeah, what, what? Oh, I don't know. You're like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, and God. like you ha- sorry that was so dumb anyway um, but you have to like go out in the real world and then like make a name for yourself yeah. and make a living out of that and like so I think just art and my experience with it has made me appreciate other people's crafts and careers a whole lot more mm-hmm. yeah well I feel like I have this conversation with a lot of my sciencey friends and one of my friends was saying that before she got to college like she didn't think an art major was like a legit thing she thought yeah. it was like stupid and like they didn't do anything but she said that being friends with me and other art majors she realized how much effort it is and how draining it truly is and I was like well yeah thanks stop giving us crap yeah (laughs) Yeah. I think that's something that dancers for sure also deal with just like Mm -hmm. because people will be like oh you're majoring in dance like like how does that even function like I think they they think it's even more bizarre than hearing art majors because it's more common to hear that and like dance is just something people like don't realize is something you can be educated in I guess and so like wait they even have that and I'm like yes it's like a thing like like Mm -hmm. we spend like so many hours like I wrote a thesis like we do actual schoolwork. like we are actually being educated it's a it's an actual thing I promise Mm -hmm. yeah and like being an artist is more of a career path now than it has been Mm -hmm. and there's more opportunities to have a nine-to-five job like not everyone is a freelancer yeah and I don't know, I think it's, I think the art world is changing in that sense and that mm-hmm. with social media, we're gaining more recognition, Yeah, which is so different. Like, I feel like now more than ever, you can sell artwork and you can make money from art because of social media and because of people's platforms and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Which, which is so interesting, honestly, because I know this is, this segment is called Starving Artist. But, like, truly, I think that's what people think of when they think of, like, an artist, like, like they're not going to make any money. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, that can be the case. Yeah. <laughs> that is true sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just hope not. Yeah. Right. No, 100%. And, like, like you just, again, I know, I, I'm sorry if I keep repeating myself, but, like, it just really genuinely, like, makes me appreciate like not only my people in my career and other artists and you know people who are doing business and science and whatever but it just like makes me appreciate like the road that has been paved for me like in art and so like yeah like 20 years ago it was not like easy to be like self-made like and you can't like 20 years ago you didn't have Redbubble. You didn't have mm-hmm. Society6. You didn't have these 
websites where you could like put your work out there and then like gain recognition mm. like it was through your um your like local like sphere you know mm-hmm. like you had to kind of like put your name out there you had to get good where you were and then kind of build your reputation from there but now like we're so interconnected with art and then you know just like the internet in general that you can like make a name for yourself like in somewhere completely different in the world and Mm -hmm. so like art has become way more um like global yeah and like you know you can like research you know mary hannah and i had a period where we were just like obsessed with japanese graphic design (laughs) And, like, but, like, that's crazy because you can, like, find these artists from Japan. Yeah, Yeah. I'll probably never meet those people. I would love to. They're all dead now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but you can learn from them. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's amazing, like, how interconnected the art world has become just because of, like, something like the internet. Yeah, for sure. I feel like people have a greater appreciation for art now too Mm -hmm. which and I think I do too after taking um Garrett and I (laughs) we had to take history of graphic design lovely class Mm. um and I feel like after that class and during it even though (laughs) we both had mono during that class (laughs) good times but I feel like that class made me realize the history of graphic design because I was like I feel I feel like it started in the 20th century but it didn't it's mm-hmm. been around for so long and same with dance like that's yeah I mean been around for ages and I think it's crazy that I don't know like after studying it kind of like you're saying understanding the process of stuff you understand to appreciate it more and even in high school for me I was like eh, I don't know if I want to do art And I came in as an English major because I wasn't sure about the art thing. And now that I'm in it, I have a greater appreciation for, like, my own work and other people's stuff. Just because once you know the time and, like, how draining it it is, like, after those three-hour studios, I feel like my brain is gone. And you just, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but other than like the Japanese graphic designers, what else has influenced you in your art? And not even just like now, but in the past, has it changed? Has it stayed the same? 100% has changed. So like high school, um, there was this artist I have followed like ever since I was like a sophomore in high school. Her name is Audra Eclair. And her work is very whimsical and, uh, like, I don't really know how to describe it in, like, sophisticated terms, so, like, just bear with me. But, like, it's very, like, flowy and um, it's calm and it's vibrant at the same time, like, all these different things. And so I followed, like, her, and she's an illustrator, um, but I followed her through... Um, my art career and I've definitely like tried to like imitate like her style in some of my pieces um and like that has been a really big influence for me with 
illustration, drawing, painting, whatever. And then, um, like you were talking about, that history of graphic design class we took, um, there is one, there was one, like, chapter where we were talking about, like, typefaces. Mm. And my favorite typeface of all time... Everyone's favorite typeface. Is... Futura, Futura. <laughs> and like <Chef's> kiss. <laughs> it is a beautiful beautiful typeface and I was just using it like willy-nilly like you know it looks clean it's nice whatever okay and also it's geometrically perfect too yeah it's so it's just anyways it's it's gorgeous <laughs> this is the nerdiest thing I've ever talked about <laughs> when I talk about typeface I feel like such a loser yeah <laughs> I felt like a loser learning it until I, like, really appreciated it. Yeah. But besides the point. Um, so, like, learning about that, um, like, the sort of, like, that was, like, a very, like, mathematical approach to graphic design. Like, they were making sure everything was, like, geometric and, like, perfect when you looked at it, like, to make this typeface. And so... Not necessarily, like, knowing the process and, like, figuring out, like, oh, like, these these people spent days just trying to figure out what's the best way to, like, write out the letter G. Like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of made me take a step back and be like, okay, I can be patient with my work and let myself, like, kind of you know, solve the puzzle of, like, where does this go? Does this look right? Um, and it's been, like, super eye-opening to, like, how I approach graphic design and just art in general now. Yeah. No, that's really, like, just you, hearing you talk. <laughs> I don't think about typeface, just whatever <laughs> those are. I mean, like, I, I think about them in the fact that I know I'm supposed to, like, yeah, I know what font I'm supposed to write stuff in for, like, essays. That's kind of the extent of, like, font knowledge that I have. Yeah. But, like, I, I, until this very moment, I did not know that Futura is geometrically perfect. <laughs> and so, like, so and, and I just think that's really cool. Like, somebody did design those, and that's kind of interesting. And now I kind of want to go research that just because that's kind of cool and not something you really think about. I think it happens a lot where art is so it's so it's, it's such a base for like existence and people don't realize that like the, like, I mean the one period of time where art was completely put out and like ignored and not, utilized was during the dark ages and that's like literally why like one of the biggest reasons why it was the dark ages was because there was no art yeah no but like i don't think people real and and it same goes for dance but like all of these art forms are so essential to like human like to society and to functioning as humans like art is so important and i don't think people realize how much you need to know and how educated you need to be to be creating art that is doing that and like creating that like base for society to kind of like stand on like artists do a lot and people don't people are a little bit 
oblivious to that I think mm-hmm. yeah and you know what's crazy is like I I guess this was more like freshman year of college but um you know like you're like it's really easily accessible to go like grab some paint grab a brush and like make something that looks good um Mm -hmm. but like like you never realize like the impact and like there's never been one like political movement that has not like had like notable and like very recognizable like artwork Mm, with it and so like yeah like I mean you look at like Rosie the Riveter like obviously like not like a real person actually maybe she was I don't know anyway besides probably had like a model for her yeah (laughs) but like that is a very like notable like artwork yeah and then Uncle Sam like these pictures of Uncle Uh Sam and like stuff like that like it's all very like um like notable and it you know it caused like not necessarily like all the time but like some of these artworks are like the basis of like a change Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so like it's very inspiring and I don't think I'm some like Picasso or anything (laughs) but like to know that like something like I create on a whim could possibly like inspire like change like that's that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily like a weight I put on my shoulders all the time but it's something that like is like well why am I creating this? Like, why am I making mm-hmm. this? What's my point? And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, Ugh, I love that you said that. Yeah. And even I have made stuff before and I, this happens all the time. And somebody will notice something in my piece and be like, Oh, wow. I really like how you did that. And you won't even mean to do something. And then it's there and you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I totally meant for that mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's really interesting. And even like in history, like we we study like propaganda and stuff, and we would like analyze like pictures of propaganda from like the women's rights movement in um, Europe. Mm-hmm. There's like the feminists and the anti-feminists, and like the different posters that they had. The anti-feminists would make a poster, and then the feminists would clap back at them with something that replicated that but then they changed it to make it theirs and that happens in art all the time now like yeah people will remake something and make it into something that is like fitting to their fitting to their times and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. i mean like that's like and this is probably like a stupid reference but like (laughs) like that's literally like the entire basis of like meme culture now like (laughs) yeah literally like how like you literally like take someone else's image or someone else's post or something and then you just make it yours and you make it stupid you make Mm -hmm. it meaningful like whatever it's a meme but like it's literally like that exchange of ideas Mm -hmm. and like creating something new and adding on to and taking away from like this sort of like pool of ideas yeah and it's Mm -hmm. like it, and it's funny like I I love my I love a good meme but like the gossip girl ones yeah <laughs> we were looking at gossip girl memes before we started recording but um uh like it's just like it's it's very interesting and it's very beautiful to know that like 
these ideas can be passed around um, and sort of like these ideas get exchanged so easily. And I, I think now more than I've ever seen in my life, um, I think that is becoming like more and more important mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I think so too. Do you feel like it's uh, more important to create with meaning or just to create? Because I know a lot of artists have a different opinion about that. Yeah. Um, so I think if you are feeling something and you grab a pen, you grab some paper and you scribble out your feelings, more power to you, like 100%. Like get your feelings out mm-hmm. there. Like art is meant to be cathartic expressive, and yeah. expressive. So like go for it. Like if you don't have a real meaning, like like I know I've had plenty of times where I'm just like ticked off and I just go in my room, close the door, turn on some music, scribble my heart out. <laughs> like mm-hmm. but I also think it is a like very good um indicator of like discipline and like can can I make my way in the art world? If you can sit down and like discipline yourself to making something very, very intentional mm-hmm. and detailed and precise. Mm-hmm. So I think I think my answer to that is just like do what you want. Like, do what you want with art. Mm-hmm. Like, make it intentional. Make it stupid. Like, yeah, whatever you want, whatever you're feeling. Mm-hmm. There's, like, <laughs> for a hot second, I thought about doing art therapy because it's been so therapeutic for me to just, like, pick up a pen or whatever and just, like, draw how I feel or literally just mm-hmm. do lines and just... You know, like, and that's a universal thing. Like, people say to get coloring books when you're stressed. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. And it is, but I do think there is a level of precision and discipline that I think we've learned a lot in college. Absolutely. About, oh, yeah. Because you're forced to create even when you can't. And that's been right. really interesting for me because I don't know, like, and I think I do better when I have multiple things going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you can't just focus on the one thing because then you'll get ideas from your other stuff as well. Exactly. Yeah, I think that like being being a collegiate artist is like very different than being an art. And I can say this now, I've been out of school for like two months now and I not even (laughs) I don't even know. It feels like longer because I left school and in the middle of COVID and so it feels like I haven't been in school for a lot longer than it actually has been but just being in the art world in college and like being forced to create when you don't really have the (laughs) creative capacity is a whole different realm of being a creator and like having to do all of that I'm not (laughs) I'm not saying I would do it again but I think it is, I think it is really, really good at the end of the day, like when you finish it all, I think that it does push you beyond what you think you're capable of creating sometimes. I mean, sometimes yeah, you crash and burn and like you don't ever want to like repeat what you did, but 
you know, that's also part of learning. But then also now being out of college and not having anyone to answer to except for myself and the people who follow me on like my platforms that I have, which is really just Instagram and this podcast and like being able to put out what speaks to me and what I feel like most strongly about is I still, I have this, this internal thing that just tells me everything I create has to have a purpose and like has to speak to others as well as just to myself. And I think the only time that I like allow myself to just move how I want to move or create whatever I want to create is when it's just in my apartment or whatever, just Mm. turning on music and moving or, you know, taking pictures for whatever reason I feel like taking pictures for, but I don't know. It's just having, not having a grade on your art is so freeing. And I feel like I create better when I don't have a grade on my art, which is weird. It shouldn't really Mm -hmm. do that, but it does. I feel like I can't be the only one who feels like that, but yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. I feel more free when I know I'm not doing it for school. Like we have to turn in sketchbooks in our drawing classes and I never feel like I can put what I want in there because she's going to see it. And I'm like, but this is personal Mm. in a way. Like, yeah. And if and like, I don't, I'm not like besties with my professor. And so (laughs) especially that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, you don't, if you don't have that comfort with them, then it's, like you're not gonna want to share every part of your art one of the like biggest struggles that I've had and to be fair like I feel like most of the professors and the teachers I had in high school and in college have been very for the most part very um like objective with art so they give me a project they say you need to work on this work on this Mm -hmm. So I do it. Um, But, you know, one thing that I think is just like, and I would willingly say this to like any art professor's face, but like, (laughs) I, I think it is very almost inappropriate. And um, like, I don't know, just not, it doesn't sit right with me. If you take a piece of artwork subjectively like Mm -hmm. um I mean like Mm -hmm. when it's you know a message like if someone was like oh convey a message in this then yeah take it subjectively but when it's like you need to work on shading don't grill the fact that I drew someone like half naked or something you know Mm -hmm. like don't be subjective about it be objective and you can be subjective outside of class. Don't grade, like, yes. subjectively. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Literally, Retweet. you just, like, say it louder for the people in the back. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> our, I think so many people would relate to that. Oh, they could, they could use somebody telling them that. And, I mean, people do tell them that. But they, they tr- I think that's one thing about artists that is really incredibly infuriating is that you could tell an artist especially if they're a professor and they're like what 40 and they're like (laughs) I know this much and you need to do this and you're like but that's totally like 
subjective opinion and you're not actually telling me what needs to be worked on in this piece that I'm creating. You're just saying you didn't like the costume I picked because that's not your favorite color. And yeah. And I mean, <laughs> that grinds my gears, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's just like not fair. Like you literally can't do that just because you essentially, if you're a professor, you literally cannot put your own personal uh, like feelings into somebody mm-hmm. else's artwork. Yes. Like I had um, a professor freshman year, she who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> anyways, all of my friends at school know exactly who I'm talking about because every single day I would come back from my drawing class and just like chew her out. Oof. But um, she, her projects were very like open-ended. And so she would be like, draw a portrait. Okay, so I go home. I drew a portrait of one of my best friends back home and um, it comes to critique day and I used markers to do my work. That's like my favorite, like traditional media. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love working with markers. And so I use markers and I go in for the critique and she like, as I'm standing in front of a class of, 30 like drawing one students she says this piece wasn't supposed to be in color and I'm like okay well like I was never told that so like is is that an issue and she was like yes because it's like like in my style of drawing it's just very like vibrant colorful whatever and so it was a vibrant colorful portrait Mm -hmm. of my friend And she was like, this is just too busy. It's too much. You ruined it with color, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And says that to me. And then she, what takes me off was she said, "Um, this will never, this will never be in a gallery. Like this will never be in a gallery. And then um, I was spiteful. And so I got out of class and I framed the artwork and then it got in our next gallery. Yes. <laughs> and so <laughs> why is this like, I feel like I'm like, you're my spirit animal. I've just, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you just like, I think with art, you can't be so subjective all mm-hmm. the time. Like yeah. mm-hmm. it was a portrait. It looked like the girl I was trying to draw. Mm-hmm. So take with that what you will if right. you have an opinion about the colors I used then tell me after class don't right. grade me on that yeah like, mm-hmm. it's just stuff like that so mm-hmm. I don't know I think really it hard being so an art major <laughs> <laughs> no but, but it is. I think that when professors and you said you were a freshman and I know that a lot of freshman dance majors deal with this as well just like you get these subjective um and, and with us, it's, like, stuff about our bodies, even, too. They're, like, well, we don't really like the way that Horrible. your leg does yeah. that. And we're, like, right, but I can't change the way my leg does that. And so, and, like, it's not even a technical thing. It's just, like, a personal aesthetic that they have an issue mm-hmm. with. And so we're, like, I'm doing what you're asking me to do. I cannot change my bone structure for you. So sorry. And it, it it's really, <laughs> like... It shuts down the artist in a lot of ways that are hard to get over in in later years. Like, I know Mm -hmm. people who got shut down like that their freshman year and literally never got over it. Like, 
and it stunted their growth as artists later on in the program because they were so concerned with certain professors' subjective opinions of their work or, or of their bodies that they like couldn't create what they really felt like they wanted to create. And so it just like <laughs> it just kind of ruins the artist. Yeah, like, exactly. When you do that. Well, yeah. And there's a difference between someone not being good and not mm-hmm. liking their work. There's a huge difference. Yes. Yeah. Huge difference. And you know what's crazy okay. is that I mean like my I beat myself up a lot, um, especially in high school, because by no means whatsoever was I the most talented artist at my high school. I was very flattered and uh, like grateful that people saw my. And so, you know, looking at colleges, I looked at SCAD, which is um, the Savannah College Mm. of Art and Design. I went on a trip there to check it out. And. Um, one thing that my art teacher in high school always told me, and I'm telling you, like, on a daily basis, she would tell me this. She would say, comparison is mm-hmm. the thief of all joy. Yeah. And so I went to that school. I went into the illustration building. And it clicked into place. I was like, this is not the school for me. It is too competitive. I was like, I will literally, like, mm-hmm. sit in my dorm room crying all day if I come here because there's so many talented people there yeah and like like you genuinely just like you know it's good to compare compare your skill set to others and try and work to get better Mm -hmm. and I don't think any artist Mm -hmm. is ever going to be the best yeah there's no best artist you know yeah I agree and I like Tiana I'm sure you're the same way with dance like there's just there's no best artist and so um, each person has their own skill set and they develop that through their entire career. And um, so, like, you just can't let other people's expectations of you determine your expectations yes. of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And it's even like T and I talk about this a lot. Like, I do better mm-hmm. when I'm not surrounded by the same kind of people and swimming mm-hmm. and art and literally whatever. I have to have differentiation <laughs> between my friends because if I go in, if I put myself in one thing and I say, I am a swimmer, I am an mm-hmm. artist, like that is all of me, then it ruins me. And it's mm-hmm. all I think about and it becomes my only identity. And like, that's not the case. Like we're all a lot of different things and you know you just can't do that to yourself because it really does like mess with Mm -hmm. your head and how you perform because if you just hone on that then and if you fail then like your world will literally that's something that I wrote about my thesis was it's very important to differentiate between being a human and being an artist and the layers that come with that um and then being a dancer on top of that because Mm-hmm. I am a human before I'm an artist and I'm an artist before I'm a dancer. And that's the order they go in for me. And I think that sometimes artists switch them around and they say without art, I am not me and I'm not a human. And they like, they almost like dehumanize themselves in 
putting their whatever they are as mm-hmm. their identity. And so it, for me, something that really just I had to put it in my thesis because I was like, this is so important if you want to understand my thought process and my creative process behind the piece that I did for my senior piece. I was like, you have to understand that at the root of everything, it is human and not, it is my humanity that makes this and not, not the dancer or the artist that made this piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. This has been a good chat. I feel like this has been a good chat. (laughs) I agree. We're so philosophical and woke. We're so deep. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, I don't know. I I just feel like um, I hope like whoever listens to this, like if you're not an artist, um, I hope you if you haven't already had a sort of understanding. I hope you understand that like art is not, you know, the <laughs> crayon drawings you did in like (laughs) kindergarten like it is deeper and it's much it's much deeper and much more sophisticated and much more um like intense than like the surface level like Mm. poster or finished artwork or whatever you see shows like there is a lot of thought there is a lot of um deliberation between yourself and your colleagues like as to how something is done and then it is mm-hmm. an attempt to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. And so um, I hope people just have a, a nice understanding of that. <laughs> what he's trying to say is, <laughs> is that people should We are valuable. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it was lovely having you on. Where can we find you? Um, you can find my art page on Instagram at g.2.design. Okay. So, yeah. If you want (laughs) to give me a follow, I would appreciate it. Like, subscribe. (laughs) Okay, well, it's been lovely. thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Um... You can follow us on Instagram at 20.something.podcast. And you can also follow our personal Instagrams, too. Um, like, comment, subscribe. And leave a five-star review. Yeah, that, yeah, smash that subscribe button. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Bye, guys. Here's to being 20-something.